There's a lot to thank uh, the OU Advocacy Center for. There's a lot to thank uh, Nathan Diamond for. He is the executive director of the Orthodox Union Advocacy Center, and he's not appearing this morning to get a thank you. He's appearing this morning to update us on a whole bunch of stuff that's going on in Washington and therefore, of course, in New York and around the world. But I will add words of thanks because uh, you'll see from this conversation that there is a lot that the OU, Advoca- OU Advocacy Center is doing as they represent our community in the nation's capital. Nathan Diamond, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Hi, good morning, Nathan. Great to be with you, and uh, thank you for your very kind words. A hundred percent, and it's funny because um, recently, during this period of time, we as regular lay people have really gotten a sense of just how much practical, um, uh, how many practical things uh, you're undertaking in Washington, just how many of them have become successful. And we'll get into some of those in a moment. I want to start, if we can, with the uh, letter. You know, a lot of us were very frustrated, to say the least, when um, the Biden administration decided to uh, send $235 million in aid to the PA and other entities that support the Palestinians. And I know that all of us should be you know, in touch with our officials in Washington, including the White House, when things are done that uh, disturb us. But uh, I, w- I must say, the OU, uh, both in terms of an organization and in terms of representing us, um, jumped on this immediately. An April 9th letter, an April 9th letter signed by uh, officials of the OU, including yourself, to the uh, Secretary of State of the United States, Secretary Blinken, expressing the dissatisfaction about the recent decision to send $235 million in aid to the PA. And, of course, the OU is not against humanitarian aid, obviously, but we question how that aid is utilized. I'm curious. I mean, you know, you know this better than anybody. Do do you get reaction from letters like this? Anybody in the State Department have anything to say to you and or the OU when you express on behalf of the community uh, the – objection to what the white house has done um so we're, we we will be uh we are expecting to have a response from them um before the end of the month um we have we have some conversations some follow-up conversations scheduled um so uh you know that it, it, it that's good in the sense that they are open to talking right um the other thing that's going on in this issue um, is that a number of um, a number of senators and congressmen uh, in this in this case Republicans uh, have engaged um, and uh, and have also raised similar concerns with the administration. Um, in fact, the ranking Republican on the Senate Foreign Affairs Committee, Senator Risch from Idaho, um, has been able to actually, do some things, even though he's not the chairman of the committee, he's been able to do some things to uh, delay the actual um, the actual uh, handing over of these funds. So, um, you wow. know that that frankly is more. Yeah, I was just more saying, yeah, getting the get, more getting impactful than a letter from the OU. Right. Um, so, <laughs> Good point. So, getting, but getting the payment suspended, which I'd have to assume that advocates like you, you know, and all the pressure you've put on Washington officials has helped in that way. Getting it suspended for a while or postponed is is significant, I would say. Yes, yes. So, so the conversations are ongoing, and um, 
you know, in a, in a certain sense, you know, it's hard to say what's worse here. Um, you know, the fact that the funding is going to go to the Palestinian Authority without them having taken steps, um, you know, that they need to take, or that funding is going to start going to the U.N. Relief Works Agency, right. uh, which is traditionally a vehicle, you know, which is meant to serve the humanitarian needs. And there are real needs of Palestinians, but um, UNRWA, as it's known, has a documented record of just terrible uh, anti-Israel bias, anti-Semitism. You know that's been documented. That's been documented by the United States government itself. Right. Um, so you know what we pointed out was you know to the State Department. I mean, nothing they didn't know already, but like, hey. You know, the State Department itself realizes that UNRWA is a problem. Don't you think you should, you know, at least leverage the money to get them to act in a better way? Right. Well, as we always say, it pays to speak up. But in this case, again, it may not be uh, the full result that many of us would like, but it certainly uh, is nice to see that it seems that they're taking it seriously and are thinking twice about releasing that uh, money on time. Nathan Diamond's with us. Uh, OU Advocacy Center. Now, it, it it seems like, again, as I said in the intro, it seems like there's been a lot that the average person has noticed in terms of victories from Washington. I don't know if this is only because of COVID or if you would argue that, you know, in 2021, because of all the pressure put on for so many years, uh, you know, not-for-profit uh, private institutions as opposed to public schools, uh, synagogues and religious institutions in general are simply enjoying, you know, more of a uh, of being paid attention to in Washington. Let's start with the COVID relief funds. There have been uh, funds that have been specially designated for schools and synagogues and the Jewish community specifically, and in that case, uh, specifically for day schools as well. What can you tell us about money that is designated for um, for uh, infrastructure in our own community and specifically for Orthodox day schools? Yeah, so, um, you know, uh, yes, I'm sure all your listeners have noticed that um, there's been a lot of action uh, in Washington. I mean, it started actually last year in response to the COVID pandemic. The Congress and 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 previously the Trump administration and now the Biden administration is is forcefully and aggressively responding both to confront the health crisis and also to try to keep the economy you know afloat. Um, and, and they have recognized that the nonprofit sector in general and the Jewish community as part Jewish community institutions as part of that are, are critical. I mean, nonprofits in this country, it's estimated of all kinds, employ about 10 percent wow. uh, of the workers in this country. Interesting. Um, so that's that's a significant share of the economy. Right. Um, and so, um, you know, I think. Uh, you know, part of also what's changed with regard to the religious communities, whether it's the Jewish community or the Catholics or others, is that um, you know, for many years the attitude in uh, you know I would say you know liberal democratic circles was no, there's no way that government should be providing any support for religious institutions. It's right. unconstitutional, etc. And uh, you know we we've been part of a movement for decades with with partners. To, to, to reset that, um, I think rightly reset it, because the First Amendment of the Constitution actually does not say you can't support religious institutions. It says, essentially, you can't favor the 
support for religious institutions or a particular religion over others. Right. So if government, you know, especially if it's responding to a disaster, whether it's a health crisis like we have now or a hurricane or an earthquake, the, the religious communities should not be left behind. And, and that's the message that, frankly, has not met resistance. The Democrats have been on board with that across the board. They understand the important role that, that, that our institutions play and, and other ones as well. And so uh, specifically with regard to schools, um, you know, now with the, with the, in, in very close partnership, frankly, with, with Senator Schumer, who's in an incredible role now as the Senate Majority Leader, in both the December relief package and then again in the March package, which is known as the Rescue Plan, um, in each package, two and three-quarter billion dollars was set aside to help non-public schools, including Jewish day schools, with their COVID relief expenses. Um, and uh, the, 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 money, the money for the March package hasn't even gone out yet. The, right. the, the, December, the December money is starting to go out. And, and thank God, you know, schools in our communities, which have incurred, you know, Six-figure, six-figure, you know, uh, expenses and more sure. um, are starting to get reimbursed for those expenses, um, and and thankfully it'll be helpful. So I have a and Nathan Diamonds with us. I have a list in front of me. Obviously, you're familiar with this list of different things, actions that have happened recently. So the COVID relief for schools, schools in the Jewish community, plus the reintroduction of the work opportunities and resources to keep not-for-profit organizations well act. Um, and the not-for-profit security grant program, are those all COVID-related, or the security one has nothing to do with COVID? No, no. So the security one is, is, is a program we've, you know, we initiated back in 2005, um, you know, that provides security grants to shoals and schools and others. And- so, the, so the other two are COVID-related and have specifically been in, implemented because of COVID, right? Well, they have, the, the, the other two, the Energy Bill and the, what's now known as the Work Now Act, um, have not been passed yet. Uh, um, we're, working, we're working now um, to get those passed. Um, the, the second one, the Work Now Act, relates to what I said earlier. Right. We, we introduced it last year, but it wasn't passed. Um, that, that, that's led by Senator Amy Klobuchar. By the way, was that, um, was that an eye-opener when, when you revealed to our government officials that 10% of the workforce is working for not-for-profits? Because, frankly, I could see people changing their mind about it if they realize how many people are employed in this country under the not-for-profit yeah. umbrella. Uh, yeah, no, that, that, that was definitely news to, 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 to some. It's funny. Um, and Yeah, so, so the Work Now Act is, is, is an initiative in that regard, because one of the interesting things in the nonprofit sector is that um, in a crisis like, like we've had for the past year, you know, nonprofits have been hurt by, on the income side, right? right. Charitable sure. donations are down. People, a lot of people have less money to give to charity, et cetera. Right. But on the other hand, especially the social welfare nonprofits um, that serve, you know, the poor or serve the elderly or, or others in need, their demand for services is higher than ever in the middle of a crisis. Right. Um, so nonprofits would actually be hiring people if they had the resources to do it. Um, again, particularly the social welfare nonprofits, of which there are plenty in the Jewish community. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and this Work Now bill is, is designed to, to specifically provide some federal aid to charitable nonprofits 
um, to help them hire people to serve these needs. Do you think it'll pass? Uh, uh, you know, we're, we're looking to fold it into the, uh, the, the infrastructure package mm-hmm. that is being talked about now. There's a whole debate going on now in Washington about what is the definition of infrastructure. It's yeah. almost a town. Almost a Talmudic debate, and it's been a very, uh, and it's been a very, very broad, a very broad description. Yeah, so you know, Republic. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I will put it in partisan terms. Republicans are basically saying infrastructure is roads, bridges, you know, planes, trains, and automobiles. Right. Um, and and Joe Biden and the Democrats are saying no, it's also broadband, it's also um, water systems, but it's all, they want to also say there's a human component to infrastructure, right. um, which which is which you know which is job training and and education and and various other pieces and and this would be part of that we're we're not, the OU is not going to take an official position on how you define infrastructure but <laughs> we're, we're going to try to we're going to try to get the community's needs served uh you know in this package uh Nathan Diamond's with us um now it, there's a note here that says that our listeners can actually take action and help with these efforts um, there's an action alert. Now, what do people do? They just go to your website, and if they fill out the action alert, that ends up, you know, helping in yes. terms. How, how does that work? So right, so right now, the action alert. Um, if, if they go to advocacy.ou.org, um, they'll see they'll see it there, and it's very easy to click on. Right now, what we're asking people to help with is actually on the security grant program fund. Right. Because um, we're, we're right. You know, the, the way this cycle works is. Um, so, so this year, $180 million in security grants was available. The applications actually just closed in most states last week. Um, so your schools and shoals have put in their applications, and hopefully um, by, by uh, you know, mid to late summer, they'll, they'll get their security money. But now is the time we actually have to start working to get Congress to allocate the funds for next year. Um, and, and we're actually looking to double the money. I mean, sadly, the security needs, in our community are only, uh, and others are only increasing. Right. <laughs> um, so we're looking to get to double it to $360 million. And there's a bipartisan letter in the house right now led by Congressman Pascrell, Democrat of New Jersey and Congressman Katko, Republican of New York, um, in which we're trying to get as many members of Congress as possible to sign on urging, um, the, the appropriators, you know, who decide the funding levels, um, to fund it at three hundred sixty million dollars. So if your folks go, if listeners go to advocacy.ou.org, they'll see the link. They click on it's just a few clicks, and uh, and you fill in your you know your name, your address. It'll generate automatically who your congressman or congresswoman is, and a letter will go to their office, and that would be very helpful uh, to keeping our our schools and schools and other institutions um, safe and secure. Help with the not-for-profit security grant program. Uh, listeners can take action by visiting advocacy.org, excuse me, advocacy.ou.org. Again, advocacy.ou.org. And uh, you'll see there how you can um, uh, be part of uh, literally a, uh, a nationwide effort uh, to help with the not-for-profit security grant program. We should also mention, Nathan, before I let you go, we should also mention that in addition to everything we discussed this morning, all the COVID relief for our community, the security grant program that we just discussed, the Energy Efficiency Act that has uh, that that hopefully will be a big, big help to our community, our schools and synagogues specifically. The OU has been out there, your department specifically, on so many 
of the um, uh, provisions that have been offered and have been worked on in Washington for general, uh, for the for every community around the country, uh, which obviously helps ours as well, and that includes the uh, Paycheck Protection Program, uh, the uh, federal child tax credit, the extended unemployment insurance, the COVID vaccine distribution funding, food assistance funding, vaccine distribution, and COVID nineteen testing funding. I mean, you're, you you guys have had one gigantic plate of issues to deal with during this crisis, and uh, you've been there really for the general public. Obviously, we benefit from that, and for our community, our specific community needs as well. And we thank you for that. No, uh, th- thank you. Look, the, the OU, you know, is is uh, is is a leading organization for our community. Uh, OU advocacy is part of that, um, and and it's really you know the leadership of the OU and the OU community as a whole um, has 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 built the OU into um, you know a force for good uh, in our community through the wor- work it does, and obviously in Kashras and NCSY. Um, and working with our shoals, but we we have we have an Akarias to, uh, to to work in the in the in the public policy advocacy sphere as well, and uh, and the OU leadership and and all the, all the shoals and schools that that partner with us, you know, are integral to our ability to be able to uh, to do this work. Yeah, well, you do it really well, and it's much appreciated. And just to, uh, getting back to our first uh, topic from this conversation. Uh, before we wrap up, it, it, we should remember, and I'm sure you think about this often, because uh, you're sort of that in-between generation like I am, we should remember that there was not always a time in American history when secretaries of state would sit down and take uh, a um, a complaint or a um, a proposal from the Orthodox community or the Jewish community in general seriously. And the fact that you're going to be able to meet with State Department officials this month about the PA funding and probably a million other issues as well, I think is really important to remember in the context of Jewish history. Yeah, look, and, and, and what's also interesting about it, to be to be really fair, is Secretary of State Blinken um, has a very interesting personal story. Um, and and if, you're, if your listeners want to, if you go and look at the, uh, the message that he posted um, last week for Yom HaShoah, huh. um, he, has a, he has a personal story. His stepfather... Um, is a Holocaust survivor um, and had a very personal experience about hiding from the Nazis and being rescued by American troops. So, um, and, and, and Secretary of State Blinken is, you should go and watch his statement. It's obviously very personal for him. We, we, we may well have disagreements about specific policies like this particular one, but, um, you know, he, he, he is, as an, and I've known him for a number of years, from prior to his being in this position, he's a longtime foreign policy advisor to Joe Biden when he was in, when Biden was in the Senate and then when he was vice president. Um, uh, Tony Blinken is well known to Jewish organizational leadership, although he might not be as well known to the community at large. And uh, he is he is very much um, proud of his his Jewish community connection, mindful of it. Again, that doesn't mean we will agree right. on every single thing. Sure. But um, but uh, that that's important for for your listeners to be aware of in terms of the person uh, in this role. I'm glad you mentioned that. Nathan Diamond, the Executive Director of Public Policy at the OU, the Orthodox Union Advocacy Center. Nathan, thank you so much for joining us this morning. It's always wonderful to be with you, Nachum. Appreciate that. Monday morning broadcast, you're listening to JM and the AM.